it's only a matter of time until our guest is way too important, way too busy, way too good to be slumming it with us in the sports cubicle in the basement of the basement of WCPT with Devin Tingle, Paul Shamari, Dan Marver, and myself. Mike Mercado. He is one of our favorites. He is covering everything like a blanket from the NBA to the NFL and everything in between. You can check out all his amazing work, whether it's Last Word on Sports, whether it's Heavy on Bulls, Soaring Down South, whether it's Pimpin' 8 Easy, whether it's at Triple Zeros. He's our brother. He's the one, the only Josh Buckhalter. Josh, thank you for joining us, brother. How you been, man? I'm good, dude. That was a great intro as usual. You know, I'm, I'm always uh, enjoying coming down here. Come on, man. Always make time for you guys. You know, we always got a plate for you here at the barbecue of the sports cubicle. As we are winding down summer, that means that everything is going to get crazy at the Advocate Center, at the United Center. Things are already nuts at Soldier Field, and we are putting to rest the Chicago White Sox over at 35th and Shields, waiting to see what happens over at the north side. But I want to talk to you about this crazy Lonzo Ball story. This is something that I it's frustrating me. And for those of you who don't know, it was just reported that Chicago Bulls guard Lonzo Ball will undergo an arthro- arthroscopic knee procedure that will be reevaluated four to six weeks from now, this coming up Wednesday. This is the same knee that they are looking at that he had repaired the torn meniscus back in January. Josh, I don't understand what is going on with this. I love to give the athlete, I'm pro athlete, and I give the athlete the benefit of the doubt. But whatever the heck was going on with Team Ball and AK and Mark Eversley, this is ridiculous, and this is concerning. Your thoughts when you heard that they were going back into the knee and they won't reevaluate it for another six weeks. You ready? Thank goodness. Mm. Um, I, I'm finally, I'm happy to see them finally taking some kind of action. Um, and I'm not saying that inaction is wrong. I'm just saying it was kind of nerve wracking not seeing them do anything and just keep hearing that we're hoping, we're wishing, we're wanting to see he's not progressing. Um, now, this is the third procedure he's had on that knee, second since January, as you mentioned. Uh, and I want to note, and I wrote about this for heavy.com, his father talked about the first procedure in 2018 when he was, I believe, still with the Pelicans. And he said, you know, they should have gone out there and cleaned the knee up completely the first time. And they did it and they left it. And then he's got the sword. So it's not the meniscus that's bothering him. It's a bone bruise. Mm. And so the, the surgery that he's going to have now, is called a, a, a arthroscopic debridement surgery. They're going to take out some of that damaged cartilage in hopes of alleviating some of that pain. And so if you think about it, LeVar was right in that sense. Like they should have cleaned it up the first time. And that's why I'm, 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 I'm kind of happy. Like hope I'm not saying he's right. He's not a doctor. I'm not a doctor, but if, if they feel like they finally have a, a measure that they can take, and they're taking it, and it's not a, a, a timeline for him to return, but we have a new timeline to kind of get some kind of update so we can kind of maybe put in the back burner for now instead of every day, like, man, when's Lonzo coming back? We know it's not going to be for a while. It's What worries me as a Bulls fan now is, okay, let's, let's take some of the concern out, right? We know what it is. We know he could get healthy, and we know the value he brings to the Bulls with some of the, the intangibles and just the, the physical attributes that he has at point guard, his size, his defense, what he can do from the perimeter, all that. We know all the goods. I think the issue I have, big picture, the East got so good. We're talking to this behind the uh, the fourth wall. There's a certain game going on at Amazon Prime right now, and we saw Donovan Mitchell being interviewed during the pregame. That's a man that's now in your division, not just your conference, but in your division, something that Lonzo is going to have to 
compete with, contemplate with, something that he's going to have to work against. And I, we're, this puts the Bulls not just behind the eight ball. This puts them in a position where they're going to develop Io. They're going to develop Kobe. They're going to get playing time. But then you're going to have to reintroduce Lonzo into this team, into this lineup. Right now, early on, we're heading into October. The Bulls now, with this news, definitely become one of those play-in teams when it comes to our preseason rankings, right? Uh, I don't know that. Mm. I, I I hear that a lot. Mm. Um, but okay, you could you could you're gonna chalk in what Boston, Milwaukee, uh, Philly, right? Um, Miami, Brooklyn, Bro- Brooklyn. If they're if they're gonna be all locked in, if they're they, gonna be tough. Yeah, uh, Miami. I think the Bulls can hang with Miami because what what Miami has defensively, the the Bulls have offensively. So I think that kind of can can hang with them. I'm not gonna say they can beat them, but they can right. hang with them. And they start getting that that mix though. with Toronto, who has the championship pedigree, which is the real wild card. You don't know how you know they're gonna perform. But the the two big splashes this offseason in the East, uh, Cleveland, as you mentioned, and then the Atlanta Hawks. Both of them added some some dynamic all star guards. But they're both still very small backcourts. The Bulls are, have a, a big backcourt. Even without Lonzo there, you got 6'5", Alex Caruso, 6'5", uh, uh, Sumo, 6'5", Kobe White. Like, even Goran Dragic is 6'3", right? That's bigger than both of the guys in Cleveland. So, like, I'm not as worried about those teams. I think the Bulls can hold on their pace. And they think I think they should be better uh, equipped to withstand not having ball this year than they were last year. So, I'm not as worried as much as them being slipping into that back rung as I am. You know, just how long is it going to take for him to actually get back? And like you said, once he does get cleared to get back in the game shape. Do you think the Bulls got played or did Ball not know that the Ball family, the, the, the team behind him, did they not know? Did somebody mess up in the way that this was messaged and handled? I can't get over the fact that this, say what you will about the new regime, still the same ownership. Say what you will with the Derrick Rose situation, with the Luol Deng situation, where it's not apples and apples, but... It is something that there's always something weird going on with the way these players rehab, the way these players come back from injury, and the way we're being told these messages. Now, I'm going to give Lonzo and the Ball family a pass and AK Mark Eversley, but I think it's something, somebody like you, whether it's heavy or, or last word or all these things that you've been covering, it's something we have to keep an eye on, right? That there was a bungle when it came to the message and how it took us almost – 10 months to get to this point. I think you nailed it right there. It's the message. It wasn't anything bodies necessarily handling because I think the real answer was they didn't know, right? Mm. They, they wanted the slow play. And we have to be clear, Lonzo pushed to try to play through it. The Bulls wanted him to get it addressed a while ago. And he tried to make sure that he could be out there on the court to try to help this team make the playoff push. So it's, it's if you want to blame anybody, blame the original surgeon. Like I said, his father was telling him to clean it up. They probably should have cleaned it up because now they're doing it now. Um, but beyond that, I don't think that, and I, I talked about this with the Bears. I don't know if if teams care as much as we want them to about that message being received the right way, because you're right. It's really just not being relayed. Because if they just say, listen, we're not sure we're slow playing. It's flat out to see what's going to happen. I think people would be like, OK, then we're going to slow play it with you. But they just kept saying we're hoping, you know, he's not progressing at the like it, it, it was worded in a way that just made you feel like, well, man, this could be anything. Like, Oh, my gosh. And then that leaves interpretation, which leaves the Internet to do its thing, which just leads to confusion. You've played telephone. You know how that works. Uh, come on, uh, we're the kings of it, right? How do you think I make sure that I slander the name of Devin, Paul, and Dan Barber? Come on, how do you think we do this? But I mean, it's an interesting, it's an interesting point too. Of how much of it are we looking at this because it's a ball? Because it's 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 either Le, uh, Lamelo or Lavar or Lonzo or uh, Leandro. Like we always play this. How much of it is it's the name? 
Like we we oh. players always get injured. There's guys. I mean, Otto Porter was missing time when he was with the Bulls. Like we've seen this every single season. But is it because of the dude that it is? Well, it, uh, at the time when he went down, the Bulls were riding high, and then he went down and they fell off. But there was a lot of other stuff that was at play there. However, this is the one thing that's been consistent, persistent rather this entire time. So it's the it's the the, the sticking point. When in reality, they were dealing with Caruso being injured. They didn't have another point guard to run things when Lonzo went out. Io was a rookie. Kobe was in a role that he wasn't really comfortable with. Zach was dealing with, like, there were so many other factors there that maybe they wouldn't have uh, uh, done too much better, but they probably wouldn't have fallen off as bad as they did without Lonzo last year either. So, yes, it's some of the name, but that's that's sports. But I also think that there's been some kind of over-inflating of what exactly happened with him and how that directly impacted the Bulls. There were so many things that happened last season. And again, it was the first year for that group. I think all those things have been improved this year, so they are better prepared to at least get out of the gates without him. I don't know how long they could hold off without him, but yeah. they can get out of the gates without him. What are these streets saying about the energy, about the optimism, about the outlook of our Chicago Bulls, about what's going to happen on Madison? What, what are these streets talking about when it comes to how are the, this roster is being running it again, essentially, bringing in a Andre Drummond, bringing in a Dragic, waiting to see what happens with Lonzo? Are people optimistic? pessimistic are they waiting to see what has been your feel about what we've been seeing over the last few months heading into training camp and eventually into opening tip-off personally i am pessimistic about the running it back when everybody around you is improving that doesn't mean they're getting better but they're or let me say this when they're adding things to their roster doesn't mean mm. that they're getting better or improving but they are adding to their roster and so um, but i do understand the bulls approach that being said um, I think they're at a point where they're kind of you've seen the split happen, right? You're at that that end of their honeymoon phase where now you've got people picking sides. They're either the regime is doing a really good job or the regime has got to make something happen now. And they're going to find out just like Zach Levine with that new contract, just how much ex expectations have changed uh, because of their own doing. And it's a good thing. But it's definitely going to bring the pressure up a couple of notches. Josh, uh, we could talk about this all day, but we know that this was a huge story that kind of got swept under the rug because it's week three of the NFL. It's Justin Fields trying to bounce back from Green Bay. There's a lot of stuff that the story is really important, something we're going to have to talk about and look through all of October, probably all of December. And my guess, we won't see Lonzo until closer to the All-Star break, into the second half of the season. And I, I think you and I are kind of on the same wavelength when it comes to that. So we'll keep our eye on that story. I know you're going to be all over it, but what are you working on right now? I know we, as people are listening to this, either on YouTube at Mercado Airways Network, WCPT every Sunday night on the Sports Cubicle. Obviously, we have this Bears versus Texas game that we'll be breaking down. You've been covering the Bears. Any any projects you're working on besides the Chicago Bulls? We know you're going to have your, your fingers all over this story and every other story about the Bulls. But right now, it's football season, baby. What are you working on over at all your 744 jobs? <laughs> Man, working like I can. Yeah. Um, I, honestly, I'm, I'm looking for some weaknesses that I think the Bears should be able to exploit because they're playing a very similar defense to their own. Um, and then off of that, because I don't want to give too much away in what I'm going to get into, but off of that, there's some concern here. Roquan Smith has missed, missed practice the last couple of days. Is that, you know, because of what happened in the game? Is that why his, his performance wasn't up to par? Is this like, what's going on here? And this is not a good look in the contract year. And then finally, the Justin Fields and the offense stuff, pump your brakes, everybody. First of all, the comments that he made weren't nearly as bad as everybody wanted to make him out to be. And then second of all, the offense has been up there in terms of explosive plays. They just need more plays, period. So, those are a couple of things that don't work. I'm 100% with you. I know the work is going to be great. We talked about it. You need to throw the, you need to pass more than 11 times. 
You need to make sure that you're not doing dumb penalties and then you're getting the play out in time. And I think that your 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 take on Justin Fields and his comments, he didn't have to address them. He did. Bar, Barstool Sports, yeah. and I like some of the stoolies, but for the most part, everybody knows that me and the stoolies don't always mesh very well. They propagated that story. That that there was no story there. Nobody cared. Look at if Justin Fields eventually beats Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field, he can say whatever he wants. He can talk about well, he can't talk about my mama, but he can talk about something. No, you can't talk about anybody's mama. You know what? I take that off. Leave that one back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, this is he's gonna have to realize he's in a position where they're gonna take everything he says because remember from draft night they didn't think he wanted to be at the Bears because he wasn't beaming with smiles in the pictures that they showed. Yeah, Um, you got remember when he said it was too easy. It was it was easy. He didn't even say that. He said this game, this game here, the preseason game, the speed (laughs) wasn't too fast, and everybody's like, oh my god, the NFL. Justin said he's gonna he's gonna be MVP this year, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not what he so, said. And then this one, if let somebody come up to you after you just got had a rough day at work and tell you that they care more about what you just did than you, and you're gonna be like, I, I don't know, you're not gonna take that. So I, I just think that it's he, he too is at a period, you know, in this heightened uh, speed of sports world where you gotta have production now. We need results now, and so it's just a tough area to navigate. I mean, it's a tough area to navigate, whether you're a Bulls fan hoping to see Lonzo come back onto the court, trying to see what's going to happen with Zach and the money, seeing what's up with DeMar and this team with Vooch. And then it's something else when you're watching the Bears, knowing full well that if Justin Fields doesn't play well or plays great, this team is not going to win many games. And if they do, they won one of the games they weren't supposed to. But we'll find out what happens to the rest of the 15 games that they have left. But it's all about, and I've talked to you about this as, as we kind of wrap things up, is the real interesting thing is, unlike the Bulls this offseason who really couldn't do much, the Bears next season are going to be a heavy hitter when it comes to offensive weapons, backing up that offensive line, making sure you sure up that don't bend, don't break zone, cover two defense. So there's a lot to look forward to, but we got to make sure that Barstool isn't retweeting stuff that didn't really happen. Josh, where can all the people find you? We know you're at heavy.com, soaring down south, pimping and easy, last word on sports. I mean, what else? Where can the people, the millions and millions of the Josh Bocalters alkalites find you. <laughs> man, if they're out there, they need to hurry on over and follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Joshy Buck, man. And then read all the stuff at clockersports.com, brother. Josh Buckholter, he's the best in the business. Enjoy him while we have him.